Yo, because I'm black and I'm black. Yo, I'm black and I'm black, y'all. And I'm black and you're black and I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. Good day, good evening, good night, good morning, and good afternoon. And welcome to another exciting episode of Real Tennis Fans. We are live and direct with our fans. I see there's already people waiting for us. I knew I knew we would not be here at two o'clock, so I definitely put two fifteen, two p.m. ish. <laughs> but before I go any further, let me introduce my co-hostesses with the most. This is ladies. We are here all by ourselves. There are no live guests. Let me just put people out of their misery in case they were hoping that someone else would be here. But, That's true. Tony's here. Yvette's here. I mean, on in, the podcast. On the podcast, Tony. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you doing all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great. I, I've had but before. Let me just say thank you to the guests that we've had. We have Dr. Dia Benton, we had Howard Bryant, we had Tennis Panorama Karen. It's been wonderful to have guests on. I hope I'm not forgetting anyone, really. And nobody was transphobic, so maybe you all should uh, skip the Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> you know what? Back off. Back off. <laughs> okay. I mean, if you listen to the actual podcast, The Black Cauldron, it has a proper name. You would know that we do drag. At least I, we, we do drag J.K. Rowling all the time. <laughs> we do. But let me introduce my co-host. We have Andrine, as salty as ever. From Tennis Travel. How are you doing, girl? Maybe I'm saltier because I'm not traveling. <laughs> I may need to change that. You know what? Just stroll around your yard. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> Unbelievable. Just go around your yard and be like, you know what? Today I'm gonna, I'm just gonna stay in the north side and just see what it's like. What comes to me there? And then go to the south, east, and west and see what comes here. Inspiration comes from different side. You know, how to do a feng shui travel kind of thing. Yeah, I, I'm moving from different parts of my apartment, and it definitely is changing my mood at different moments. So yes, <laughs> you're getting bedroom and dream right now. Yes. Oh, Tony! <laughs> Tony is a fan of um, Black Cauldron. Thank you, Tony. Yes, and we have Janina from Soli Tennis Travel, who might not be here in not from Sony Soli Tennis Travel. I from mean, sorry, in Ohio. Sorry, you know, I was about to say I was going to drag it, Janina. I was going to say she's here in body, but not in spirit. But apparently, I'm here in body and not in, <laughs> not in mind. <laughs> I'm sorry, Janina. I really don't. Janina <laughs> is a is a audio technician, and we can't afford to, you know, mess her about. I drag her all the time on the black cauldron, and I say okay. one day it's just gonna be her and and Deb because gonna be talking. Rules was there, but she's just gonna just mute to fuck out her. <laughs> the best thing is that Janina is gonna send around an email letting everybody know that she has actually been pretending to be black this whole time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That is a thing. Janina, I need to see your daddy. Actually, no, people make, they have fake daddies too. I was about to say that. You know what? You're going to have to give a DNA sample. In our chat, can we block it? (laughs) You're going to have to get a DNA sample from you, Janina, just to verify that you are blackity black. I mean, I, th- I think I'll be okay. I think I'll, I think I'll pass the test. I may not pass the paper bag test, <laughs> but I'll pass the DNA test. Promise. Okay, that's good Ooh. enough for us. That is definitely good enough for us. So, ladies, we are here from. Um, I don't know who the fuck this. Is. I know, right? Don't even talk about it. 
So let me just go block you, Zeph. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> the audacity. The audacity. I will not speak today, Satan. Not I, today. Mm-hmm. Hello, Pablo. Hello, Yvette. Hello, hey, Tony. It's a week out. Is, are people still salty from the U.S. Open? Okay. I, I know why I'm continuing to be salty. but <laughs> I mean, like I said, the U.S. Open ended last week, Saturday. So there's no reason for me to be salty about anything after Saturday. Because Sunday didn't happen. <laughs> Listen, you can't take that time away. I, I gave I a serious view, I viewership to my... I'm salty. My Listen, <laughs> I wanted... Dominic team. Uh, first of all, let's just, you know, okay, let's do the right thing. Congratulations, okay. Dominic team. You've no. been at the door no. for a million no. years. Finally got doing that? Wait, 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 wait. Let Janina do the responsibility. So, yeah. Um, congratulations. Good on you that Alexander Zverev fucking choked and let <laughs> you have the title because that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. He got caught up in his own head. He was so close he could taste it. He couldn't stay focused in the moment, and he fucking choked. And now we have Dominic Team because I wanted him to be forever stuck in interview room number four. That's what I wanted for him. Interview room at the U.S. Open is actually a table, just so you know. At the U.S. Open, interview room four is a table. It's not a room. You just by the corner by the door. Just so you know. I was so mad about it. I was so mad. I watched it. Sasha, I cheered for you. I believed in you for the first two <laughs> seconds. And then I was like, oh, shit. I have to say that, you know, I take small comfort in the fact that knowing that recently people who win, well, Murray's an anomaly, I guess. But I just harken back to people like, you know, Chillage and Del Point saying, hmm, just one slam and that's it. One slam, Wanda, that's it. You win nothing else. But yeah, I mean, actually, I just I I couldn't get emotionally invested in any of these players because I dislike them both. Dominic team far more than I dislike Sasha, but they were both assholes during this whole COVID-19 situation. And honestly, <laughs> I wanted both of them to lose. I wanted them to, you know, to both be vomiting chunks and of code and just say we can't continue this match ever again and just put the asterisk that this this tournament truly deserves right on that. No one won, just an asterisk. And Stop I mean it. No, I and, you know what? Listen, so I I fully signed up. Hello, Zenobia, Pablo. <laughs> I fully signed up for this final. I was ready. And you know, I mean, listen, my observation now, a week out after being calm, is that Sasha played a wonderful match overall. Like, yes, Dominic team, the moment was too big for him, blah, 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 blah. But I I wasn't certain that Sasha would show up, be present in the moment, and actually play somewhat fearless tennis, which I thought he did in the first two sets. I mean, I was, I and didn't know. Time he served for the damn match. I mean, but yeah, but I mean, besides that, I mean, besides that, he still, again, at the end of the day, it was always up to Do- it was always up to Sasha to take the match, and I didn't really calculate that in my mind. I I sort of went in assuming that it was going to be um, on, on on team's terms, but it was really on Sasha's terms, and that was a little bit of a revelation for me. And so I thought to myself, well, you know what? If Sasha can get his game right he could actually be somewhat compelling in matches. And so 
I I was, you know, listen, I like Chains. He's I'm a fan of his. Um, but I just was I was more surprised by that. And so in the end, I was like, I felt sad for him, but he really gave, and yes, Janina, you're right. He's the one that gave that match away. It wasn't a match that Dominique team won in that. No. Way. It no. was like Dominique team survived Sasha. Yep. And then Sasha crashed and burned. <laughs> but, totally crashed and burned. But, hard to watch. Yeah. But with a different mentality, it makes me think that Sasha has more upside than I would have I, I would have assumed previously. So really? I, I that feel, was good news I'm for me. I'm surprised you didn't see that in him before. I kind well, of feel I'm like not. he's always been there. He's been well, slow and steady to climb. Um the the big wins that he's gotten have been pretty big, you know. Not two and, setters, but over like yes. the best of threes. You know what I mean? Yep. But hanging sure. in, and, and this was yeah. one of those matches that he was playing best of three. Apparently, because he clearly just, he just completely <laughs> no, forgot. Not, you know what? That's not even fair because he had his moments even in the later uh, part of that match. Janina, Janina, Janina. This is what I'm gonna say. Okay, this is why I enjoy five setter. It's is a conversation for the men. Right to strategize and understand. I mean, if Dominic, if Dominic team didn't even have to figure out the match, he just had to get a pulse and just stay on the floor. <laughs> I know. Just stay there. Just stay there. I mean, even in some of the biggest moments, Sasha was able to. It's almost as if Sasha was just like he was really like emotional energy. As soon as he had the lead, it was just like he's. It was he. Christina McHale did. No, Christina McKillie. No, yesterday, no, no, we're not gonna do that. Yes, we're gonna nervous. do that. Listen to me. No, he got Listen, to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Sorry, I'm sorry. I know he's the lesser of two evils here, but this match, honest to God, if this is the future of men's tennis, hopefully it comes better. But this is, I mean, everybody who was watching this, be like, I much rather another one of those silly finals with the other. Actually, no. I tell you, I absolutely did not. I okay, would not you know have okay, the okay. final. I would not have. You're that right. Game. You're right. You're right. You know what? You know what? Let, let, let me amend that. You're absolutely yeah. right. I'm just talking about that. That is the devil speaking right there. <laughs> yeah. Let me just say, I much rather two other persons. Two other persons should have had the opportunity than these two. Yes, it's true that they fought the six matches and they got through here, but two other people deserved it. What they showed here, no. This, if this was the Apollo with a with a get them off the stage. Send two other persons. These were not. It it was a sloppy final. It was a sloppy final. And I thought that Sasha, every chance that he had to take the lead, you have the, you paid perfect tennis, right? Your serve was working. You get it. Okay. You had a dip in the third set. All right, then whatever. Get your shit together. Get your shit together for the fourth set. You lost that. No, get your set. No. All you was doing across it was that Dominic, you want this match, don't you? Take it. No, I don't think that's what happened at all. I honestly don't. I mean, you had three double thoughts in the tiebreaker. Get out of here. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I watched that match from start to finish, and I do not think he gave it away or got lazy. I think that was a classic. It was a classic case of nerves. This was his first time in a Grand Slam final. He was so close. He was so freaking close. He could taste it. And he just got too nervous, period. I think that's all it was. Dominic team has been, has he, he's been in a final before. He's, he's felt the pressure. He knows what it's like. He knew what he to expect. Any of those. I don't care that he didn't win. He's been there. He's had this experience and he could see it that Sasha was nervous and that if he could be the more steady one after Sasha didn't win in three, like he should have, 
that he would win it because he could be more steady. That's exactly what happened. It was nerves. I don't think I, I have no interest, zero interest in like Sasha gave it away. I think he was flat out nervous and he could not control his you just said it in joke. Isn't it yeah. Yes, to- yes, <laughs> but I don't think he gave up. I feel like Reels is talking about it like he just gave up. Janina, he had three no. double faults in the in the in the tiebreaker. You are correct. Yeah, he did, but listen three listen, double faults and, and this is the journey. Wait. You've just said this is why you love five sets. This is the journey of a five setter. Mm-hmm. This is what happens. It's always challenging to look at what happens to the person who goes up two sets and then loses, and the person who loses the first two set and then comes back. And yeah. the the narrative in that match is Sasha came out hot, but not just because Dominique wasn't playing well, but Sasha was playing very well. Very well, yeah. He was playing very positive tennis coming forward yes um yeah and like serving well serving big and then as as janina says the nerve started and then you started seeing the double faults he was not doing that kind of serving in the first two sets nope i mean and like that is the beauty of the five set it's like it's painful but you know this is why the champs persevere right and i think the one thing that's been really interesting the last couple years if you think about the people who've been winning is like, I mean, I hate to say it, right? Defense wins championships, right? Because this is, if we've known, if, look at what's happened with Federer. Federer will play a great aggressive match, uh, Wimbledon last year. And then who wins that match? Yeah. Not the person who goes for their shot, but the person who basically settles back and gets the error. And I mean, I that's not, it doesn't sound pretty, but that's what usually ends up happening in some of these encounters. And that's what's been happening again. And if you're following the tradition, team follow that tradition perfectly, right? That's exactly what ended up happening. And it's the same thing that happened to team even in the Australian Open final. Comes out smoking, and then Novak's like, I'm just going to wait to see what happens, <laughs> right? And who wins that Who wins that tennis after doing all of the labor? Mm-hmm. Did he win Novak a set in, the break, in, in, in Melbourne? No, he was up two sets. In Melbourne? Was it two sets to one? Dominique Team was. So he just needed to win. That went to a five setter? Yes. Oh, Lord. Oh, my yes. God. If I remember correctly, I remember because Team had a chance of winning. If, if, uh, if, are yes, we yes, remembering? Yes. Right? Yes. yes. So, no, did you say that. To, so it's the same psychological <laughs> effect that happens with the five setter, which is why the five setter is such an interesting story on the men's side. Because that's what it talks, what that's what it tells you. Like you're looking at these people and you're like, how are you gonna handle the moment? And that was it. That's like, I'm like the same moment for all of men's tennis for like the last two years. Your aggressor I, is not <clears throat> winning matches. I would say that for me, what really disappointed me for Sasha was for, for me and Sasha's end again, is that he didn't he couldn't figure anything out. Like he was just in the moment and just talk like. Oh my God, I was up two sets. I'm choking. I'm nervous. Whatever the case may be. Because Dominic team is way back behind it. Boo, throw over 25 miles an hour. <laughs> That's true. Throw it over. I mean, throw it over. Like, throw yeah. it <laughs> over. Do something. Anything. I mean, you can tell Maybe them to something. I'll admit that to the fourth Because let me tell you something. Had he been two sets to love up against Federer, uh, Djokovic, he would have been fighting and climbing his way to the end. It would have been a far more spectacular end. He would either have been blown off the court by the other players, had to raise their game way better than they were playing. 
But Dominic Team just remained Dominic Team. Dominic Team just did the same thing he was doing and said one and two. Sasha just stopped war. He actually never played great looking tennis, Dominic. No, Team. never. I was by that. Never. I mean, that was his, I mean, was that a was that a case of him being the favorite in his own mind? Because well, he was very different he because he, he, he was he was up um he's I think he's up like five to two, like seven two or something. He has a winning record against Sasha. No, 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 I know. So he was definitely the dominant. favorite. He was the favorite. He was the favorite both in terms of the matchup, but then also just in terms of the experience. And I have to say, he never came good in that final in an interesting way to watch mm-hmm. at all. I was like, this mm-hmm. is ugly tennis. <laughs> I do believe and that people are trying to sell it really hard and saying they're fighting this two slam winner. It's two somebody's gonna win this slam for the first time, and then by the fifth set, they're just like, Yeah, this is nope. <laughs> I will Horrible. say this let's talk big... about that though. Let's talk about the narrative around that. Cause I saw a lot of pushback right afterwards about how the men get to be great after having played a kind of subpar five setter. Um, meanwhile, the women are great the whole time and it doesn't matter. I do think there's something interesting though, about watching two new people play in the final that I think most people, if they were to go back and take the names out of these men's finals, like the names that you all know, the big three, the tennis hasn't been quality. It's just been the matchups that have compelled people and the storyline, but do you all think the tennis has been excellent or even like... What do you mean? In, in general, in finals? In general, or just... in the men's, on the men's side. I think in general, people have not really understood that the tennis hasn't been great. I think people key in for the story about the numbers game, which may be why... Oh, what, the US Open, you mean in, in men's tennis generally? Or in just... men's tennis generally. Yeah, yes. In okay. men's tennis You're generally. Right. I, I would agree with that. Right? I, the finals very... have not been great, but people use the 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 um the slam count to buttress the narrative that it's compelling but if you look just at the tennis and you didn't have anything about who they were just like we did with the two boys this time around right like it's not the same like it it, it was the same kind of trashy performance that we get <laughs> well you know, I, but you, you, get, you don't get variety tennis you do get you know it's a slugfest basically it's a slugfest. and you know they're like the longer it is it's more exciting you know what i mean but this was one of those times when it was a five set and they couldn't sell it as an epic they just couldn't it wasn't an epic even by even the epic by their own standards right they both did standards, right <laughs> they couldn't even sell that because it was just like no one was there was no ripping winners it was just sloppy it was just like oh is this gonna go in oh it's just like no one seemed dominic team served for the match and then collapsed you know what i mean and then you thought oh sasha is gonna rise and then nope he didn't rise again he just it just it was just not the first it two wasn't sets great were, but listen first I... two sets were exciting and sasha's highlight reel and then that's it but I mean, to your point, and first to round it out, I mean, does it matter in the long run? No, of course not. He has the slam. He has the slam. Whoopi Goldberg still doesn't know his name. <laughs> it doesn't I mean, matter. <laughs> I mean, Thomas Johansson has a slam, and I mean, does that does that say anything? No, you know, I, mean, listen, I listen. I'm going to be fair to Dominic Team. I think, as the person who's persevered the longest and is and has gotten the closest. It was a good result for him, right? Yeah, I for mean, him. For him, it's a good <laughs> result. Does it mean anything in terms of like for the men? I think, you know, for the men, it's always helpful 
when someone new breaks through because you, God knows the men don't have self-belief. Well, is it really a breakthrough when no one's but there? But, but, no, but here's fun. the thing. But the fine, right? Because it's the same thing with Stan when Stan won it. It's the same thing when Delpo won it. No, they no, no, no. Stan beat a moment. A moment. No, no Stan, beat, Stan beat Rafa in a final. So Listen, and, never, and then never be him again. So it's not, a, I mean, I'm just saying this, the sun shines on you in a moment and that gives people a sense of possibilities, right? Yes, but it doesn't, but you know what? You know what's funny? Other than the big three, right? The others, they don't have any street creds. Like no one just like, ooh, Chilich won the US Open. Ooh, he's here just like, ooh. So I could win this match. You know but what? Then, there is no street creds for the other major winners. And even, I mean, I think Dominic's team might have street creds only the fact that he's going to outlast you. But Dominic's team never has street cred. Because I mean, he, you, know and, have, you know who could have gained a lot, a whole lot, but fucking just disappointed so bad was Medvedev. I'm gonna put several asterisks next to Medvedev name. <laughs> that he 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 I'm not gonna tell you what Real said to me privately, but I don't disagree. Um, but that was not the Medvedev. I could say, I could say hair. No, Real, hair. Listen, wheels don't change up. That's the thing with real. Let me say this listen to me. I'm not I'm not mad at this. I'm not People say, but you know, we need to investigate whether or not Medvedev threw that match. Stop it. So yeah, I I told you make that claim. I told well, you. I will say, no. Medvedev, let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. Medvedev was playing the best tennis at the US Open. He was playing the best tennis at the US Open. Kicking ass, okay? taking names, the cocky little Russian that exactly. He, had. he had no holes in his game. And not only that, Medvedev was getting lucky. He stole a whole set from Rublev. I mean, literally stole it. Like, walk up to Rublev and snatch it out of his hand and walk away. And Rublev <laughs> is still not about that to date. Granted that Rublev was not going to win that match anyway, but Rublev came out hot and heavy. And then Medvedev just sat there and waited and got in the tiebreaker. Up 6-3. In fact, Rublev was up 5-1. Well, I mean, that's isn't that just the history of those two, though? I mean, they've I been mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, actually, so you I know mean, what? The happen. best takeaway out of that match was that they didn't fight each other. I fight somebody on the court. <laughs> the Medvedev <laughs> that played Dominic Team was not the Medvedev that one that we've ever seen. Period. It was weird. And well, they, you know what? You know what was weird about it was that he was in a winning position in two sets and lost them. Yeah, that's and the didn't look good. He didn't look good. And then he ran home and talked about, you know, like, oh, I'm with my sweetheart anniversary, boo. And then we all saw that that was not the case. And, and I'm, 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 even from that, I'm trying to, I, I haven't seen the timeline, but I'm, I, I want to figure out whether or not he had already decided he was going to go home even before the match happened. Because I don't know what the timeline what was. Let's really, let, let's be honest here. Let's, let's, let's talk real. Who is, who is giving up? On a final that's not across from the big three, that's you, a that's a real thing people are doing. But here's the thing, though. No, they told us ages ago, the money to lose in and sorry, in a match, it's far more than the actual trophy day. Stop with this. You are making no. a horror. You're making a serious case for Medvedev throwing this match. I am. Okay. We are okay. Well. Uh, <laughs> while anyone is listening, uh, we still would like to continue to allegedly. 
to be unpaid and talk about these issues. I, love I, real, I would rather go with the rumor that Medvedev wanted to get busy with some <laughs> unknown teenager than the idea that he threw an entire whole slam, knowing that you he's never can count honest, on when you get there again. I mean, honestly, at this day and age, right, if Rafa and, you know, these players are not retiring, is really winning a slam in men's tennis the goal anymore? How close Medvedev got last year. I mean, it's there are other things. I mean, because I mean, think about the fact that Federer, Nadal, Djokovic have outlasted about three generations of players, right? Oh and they're snatching down on those things. I think people have to come to the realization you're going to be a Carl Malone on the ATP. Okay, no, actually, Carl Malone got a trophy. Not, a child at not at all. There's a transition period right now. This is this is as this is as open a period as you possibly can get. Yes, I know that Djokovic is unbeatable this year, but really, is anyone going to care about Djokovic? I mean, and I don't mean that in a in a horrible way. It's still a COVID year, and Djokovic is sort of the leader of tennis, and it's barely an interest. It's barely an issue as 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 something that's you know valued in a real way, right? I hate to say it, but he's kind of messed with his leadership from the start of the year to spreading COVID to saying weird things about the nature of the disease. All of those things has put, in, I don't know, I've put like weird a dark note over Djokovic a oh. little bit. So I think it would have been an opportune moment for someone new to come up because there was hunger there. So I just, I would hate to say that, I think that this was actually a year where, you know, unusual things could have been ha could have happened and people would have welcomed it. But to your point, I mean, listen, I'm prepared to sort of see what you think about Medvedev. That's a lot. Because I just kept saying to myself, why could someone explain to me why Medvedev lost this? And furthermore, and, and here's, here's the crazy thing with that situation, putting that aside. It was the fact that he could literally call someone off the street to come to the hotel, which was supposed to be a bubble. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Okay, so what we're what we're commenting on, and people are making clear in the chat, but not everyone will have access to the chat when you listen to this later, is that um, someone released some a set of texts which suggested that Medvedev was trying to pick up someone, an an underage person. Isn't he married? Online, yeah, two years married, which is not unusual because hello, sports husbands. These are things that happen. Right. Um, so um, so that has kind of clouded people's assumptions around um, how Medvedev exited the U.S. Open and what. <laughs> well, well, and well my, my mind had been clouded before that came out. Okay. So, so well, I just want to get the sequence right. right. Anyway, so those are the things. If you're not on tennis Twitter, you may not have even heard about well, it. Well, apparently tennis Twitter. Just for clarity's sake, that's what was going on. Tony, you don't know this? Tony. I didn't know it either, to be honest. Okay, well, Candy, here you are. I'm sorry. Shout out to H, H Y and Candy are all here. And Maya and Zenobia. Oh, and Maya and Zenobia. So and we are we are going to we are going to discuss that right now. H H Y. Yeah, let's so talk most, about it. The most significant thing, and then we're going to end with the most the best thing that happened at the U.S. Open, which is the women's side. But the most significant thing that happened at I think the U.S. Open in terms of news coverage aside from what happened on the women's side, was the disqualification of Novak Djokovic. If you all were listening to our last podcast where we were... Um, last tennis podcast. Our last... <laughs> <laughs> nobody's listening to the black... Nobody's listening to your black culture and bullshit. Okay? I, I don't know this. Where is No, I'm not going to shade y'all. No, but um, if you were listening to our Deb, last... Get your friend. Podcast, get your friend, Deb. Get your friend. Yeah, we we were on we were on with Tennis Panorama 
um, when the news broke of Novak Djokovic's disqualification. So we didn't really get to react um, to it. We just reacted to it in the moment and was waiting for more information. So the disqualification of Novak Djokovic, what do y'all think? It's about damn time. That's what I think. It's about damn time. And you know what? It didn't even have to be Novak. It just had to happen. He deserved it, period. The rules are the rules. Um, The rules are very subjective. He honestly didn't have to be disqualified. But the tournament director made the call, and that is within his rights, and that's fine. He didn't have to be disqualified. He didn't. No, he did no, not. He they had to be disqualified. He could real, not have been disqualified. Real. It was. Cl- it is clearly stated within the rules that these are our options of punishment should something happen. You may not. I don't like it any more than you do. But he did not have to, by the rules, be disqualified. Period. That's that's fact. It was one of the options available. It was one of the options. It was not the only option. It was the right option. But it was not the only option. They could have just given him a warning. They could have given him a point penalty. They could have given him a game penalty. Or he could have been disqualified. Those are the rules. That's why tennis rules are so fucked up. Because they're not clear and concise. Anyways. This doesn't hardly ever happen. This never happens to a top player. On the which, is why he said that, which is why he said what he said. He almost said. You know who I am, right? I, mean, I think his moment was you're gonna do this in this moment at this time, um, recognizing that hello, I'm on a grand slam chase and my nemeses are not here. What are you doing? But thank you, Maya. Maya's wondering if some doppelganger has stolen Janina. No, I'm just saying that I read, no, I know the rule. No, no I'm not saying no, Janina has become a rules girl. No, well, I, I would say, but president dictated. There was a thing. There was a, there was a thing about the rules. Apparently, that it may seem like it was clear that he had multiple options, but given what had happened a couple of points previously, I actually do think disqualification was probably his only other option. He because did, did he get a warning for that? Even president had already balls into the side. Reels, go ahead, Reels. Sorry, and precedent had already dictated at these major champion at any major championships. Once you make contact with an official on the court, and it's not like, you know, like a serve or something like that, you had to go. They couldn't, there is no, I mean, I think why they had some sort of discussion about the matter was that literally because it was Novak, but yeah. honestly, had it been anyone else? It would have been automatic, been disqualification. automatic disqualification. Listen, yeah. I do not disagree with that. No. I'm just telling you there that is. the rules don't state it that way. They don't. I understand what the rules state, Janina, but, but I think you're saying how, how the rule has been applied almost all of the time because even um they had a situation um couple and even a couple years ago i think it was a women's match where this girl got upset and i think the racket i think she went to swing it one way and had a slipped out her hand it didn't hit someone but it almost came close to someone and they made a big stink about that it's almost a bit but the thing about once contact has been made and the he didn't. He didn't mean to hit her, but he deliberately struck the ball in some sort of anger. Right. And he you have to be in control he of had all to go. Of it. He had to go. There was. I mean, like it would have been. I mean, if there was a crowd there, he lucky there wasn't a crowd. It would have been far more messy if there was a crowd there. <clears> and I don't like when people keep saying and talking about like you know the woman was acting or whatever the case. Yeah, is. that was weird. That, that whole thing, the thing about the whole it, that happened to her afterwards. I mean, 
the weird idea that people had that she nobody knows what happens when a ball comes flying at your throat. I mean, did you did you not I watch your throat did too? You all not watch Clueless. If she had been hit on her hand or her leg, you know, those are well, well muscle and whatever. No one is, you don't do throat exercises to toughen up your throat. She wasn't even looking at him at this point. You know, she's minding her business. Yeah, she was minding her business. I mean, like, anyone, anyone who went and stalked that woman, they should really sit down and think very, very, I mean, obviously you're not going to sit down and think carefully because you're careless and you're basically attacking someone about a ball and about a tennis match in the middle of a pandemic. Get some perspective. But I mean, I did think it was, um, I thought it was, it was really nice to see the rules applied in that way mm-hmm. because you could tell from, from the commentators that they themselves were so enamored of the race and the slam count and all of that stuff that they wanted the officials to turn turn the other way and look the, look away. And so, I mean, that was really rewarding to see. It doesn't happen often enough on the men's side for sure. Nope. Um, so it was gratifying to see that. And let me tell you something. I don't take morality cues from John McEnroe <laughs> because those men, I, I I appreciate that people love them dearly, but whatever honor code they have is malleable at best. <laughs> so, um, especially as it relates to tennis and what they think it means for the men's game and all of those things. I mean, I dare say, I dare say they didn't want us to see that five setter that we ended up seeing in the final. Cause guess what? It would let y'all know what we all know. The ATP is sad. Sad. And, and also the other point is that it didn't matter whether even if Nola Nola had hit the ball at zero miles an hour, once it struck her, it yep. was a done deal. Done. He said, "Look, he said, but she doesn't need to go to the hospital." <laughs> <laughs> right. And it was like, yeah, that's how Novak like Djokovic feel about COVID too. He's like, "Wait, this is just like the flu, no?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't understand because here, here is the reason why there is such a rule. Tennis players can be upset. No one is saying that they can't get yeah, upset. And here is the thing: if you don't like some of these rules band together and change the rule. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't get mad every single time. What you can be mad is that the rules are not being applied equally. Right. Yeah. You can you can but you nobody can... ever gets mad about that. Or they do it situa- situationally. Right. <laughs> that is the issue here. That is an issue you can pick up and say the rules are not being applied equally. But right then and there people could point to so many examples <laughs> where, where people got DQ'd immediately. Now Bandia and Darren King um Gasquet, they didn't care whether you're a challenger level or you're in the majors. You got to go. I mean, and it's good to have zero tolerance. Do you know what I mean? At least exactly. One of those things I think where this is zero tolerance. In yeah. You can be upset. You can you can break a racket in your frustration and whatever. I don't care if you break a racket. It's your racket. But here is the thing. You cannot... These are implements that are going at 50 miles an hour. They're balls. They're shrapnel. If you hit... Just know that when you're doing this and making a scene... If you hit someone, you can be in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. You can be in a lot of because Wait, you can literally someone, hurt someone. Someone accidentally kill somebody with a tennis ball. Um, this happened to younger, um, Stephen Edberg when he was younger, but I think that was like from a serve or something like that. Yeah. It wasn't that he hit the person for sure. No, it was, but it, but just to say, balls flying doesn't right, really balls flying can be exactly. And I think um, y'all can go and drag some people too because I think what is conf- I think where that wiggle room that you're talking about, Janina. Is the wiggle room that they have is with the if the if the implement almost hits someone, that's yeah. where they get that wiggle room from because it has <laughs> it's, extra big 
some time ago. I th- what, what I'm saying is that that's how they apply that wiggle room space where they have to have a, one of the option if it comes close to. But generally, I have rarely ever seen an example where I can't think of any examples, in fact, where the player hits someone accidentally and intentionally and get to continue that match. Well, no- nonetheless... That was probably the most exciting thing that happened on the men's side. <laughs> and he lost all his money. And guess what? He lost all the money. It was a whole lot. On top but of at it. least he won Cincinnati, which was in New York. So yes. there we go. So it was like he won a sort of U.S. Open anyway. Um, so, okay. Well, I think, listen, I was not pressed about any of it. I was just looking at it and I thought to myself, well, wow, application of the rules for someone who's perceived as powerful. Um, those are always good things to see, right? Um, and he, I would, I would just add to that. It just said, no, they didn't help his cause and his behavior when, in fact, and just so you know, he was broken just when he hit the ball. Yeah. <laughs> he was already yeah. mad, and he was already I mad, mean, and he was broken against Pablo. He knew he was going to come back. I mean, but, you understand what I'm saying? Why are you mad? I mean, you have to get tiebreaker probably, but seriously, it's Pablo. You see what Nadal did to him, and you're struggling. <laughs> Can I uh, tell you? That's the thing for me. That, and I hate to say this. I mean, is my boy, but you know, I no know. Real, reals is real, okay? But let me just say, Nole, you after you don't do that bullshit, you decide to go and walk off the, the tournament event, go to your private residence, release some bullshit Instagram statement or some shit like that, and then say, oh, I'm not going to release the woman's name or whatever, inciting your pack of, you know, messy Go fans. Find the name. And, and then you turn around and say, let's support her. She don't need your fucking support. What you need to tell your fans is leave the woman to fuck alone. That's <laughs> it. She don't need support. She needs to be left alone because you fucked with her. You, she's the victim, not you. Oh, Rills was up about it. But I, mean, I always get to this, you know, like, you know, I'm, you know me, I love my family. Who gives a fuck about you liking your family? You hurt someone. You get in an accident, you knock someone over. I'm supposed to sit down there and be concerned about you and your family? There's a victim here. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Okay, the best thing that emerged from this was the artwork that came out with all hands touching. Oh, my God. Like he was like the son of God. Oh, my and- God. <laughs> These people. I mean, like, who, who, who are these? Who are these people? But it's like, look, I live in a country. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to find that image and share it with you all, fans. Oh I mean, you know, it, may, it may be the image for the show, but it I was basically a, an image of Novak Djokovic, and then all sorts of hands clawing at him as if you're praying over him. It was. Mm-hmm. So I did not crazy. see that. I don't know that I ever want to see that. <laughs> I do want to say, can we hold on one second in our, in our live chat, people sure. keep, I, I've, I've just seen twice in the last 15 seconds, people saying, how can Novak ever repair his image? Why do you think it wasn't this before? Because it really was, this isn't new behavior from him. This is just the first time that he was punished. In fact, during the same match that he got disqualified from, he had a little temper tantrum shortly before that. I, I don't understand where this is I, coming from. I didn't even this help is who that. he is. I, I, I don't, you know what, though? I actually think it's really interesting. I think there's that's a valid question because I think when Novak Djokovic emerged on the scene, he had an image problem, which he has attempted to, to, um, put aside by, you know, running down the sort of federal road, which is to kind of become depoliticized 
remember when Novak Djokovic emerged, people forget this, but people used to talk about him from like a political position. Now, yes, maybe it was like Eastern European hate. And I think that was very much at the base of it. But one of the things that I think Novak Djokovic did when he started winning slams was to sort of aggressively move away from people seeing him as a politicized person at all and become this kind of like neutered slam champ. <laughs> said neutered. <laughs> I mean, but that's what you do, right? Yeah, right. You neuter yourself such that anyone can like you and project all sorts of things onto you. And I think he had done a pretty good job of that until the last year and a half when he came on, when he when he when he became the president of the players council and started to have those battles again, then I think Novak kind of returned to that initial place where he is now being seen in a fairly contentious way. I mean, for me, I think it's psychologically interesting because just as he's beginning to sort of ramp up his charge to maybe emerge as having the most slams, he's now sort of emerging as a kind of politicized figure, but not in the way that you would want, right? Like not in the way that probably will, would normally be embraced, say like the figure that say Naomi Osaka is, 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 is emerging as, right? It's a totally different style. Like Novak is kind of emerging in this kind of quackery way. Um, and so I think that emergence is interesting. And that's kind of the image problem that Novak is having. I don't, I think he's always had that weird image of aggression and all that kind of stuff. And we've always let it go because we're just like, he needs it to win tennis. But I think the other part of Novak that's emerging now that's problematic is the sort of weird political stuff that's around him. That is going to be harder, I think, for him to move away from and convince the public of. So that's yeah. that's that's Steph is asking. Like Steph has asked if if he's done any press in Rome, and has anyone asked about it? I honestly don't know. I I, I think he spoke about the fact know. that he spoke of his anger. And he spoke about managing it. And he spoke about the fact that um, those things could happen again in the future. Not necessarily that he would hit somebody, but, you know, like it's an intense sport and these are things that happen. Um, so I think that's the extent of kind of how he's played yeah, that. I, I don't know. Because, I mean, and what didn't even help him is that they had him on farm, right? They had him talking to him about like, you can hit somebody one of these days. And he's like, it could snow outside. It can yeah. do all manner of crazy things. It's just like it's it's not even just how he behaves on the court because we can let that thing go, right? No man, you know, like players all the time get frustrated. You know, you're doing a shitty job at your job, right? But you go in the press conference room and he is so cavalier and like whatever about it and thinking, oh my god, you're persecuting me, you know, like you making me into be the devil. Mm -hmm. But then you're the devil. The the thing that you should have been done at that situation is show immediate and sincere contrition. You should have gone into that press conference room and say, you know what? That was really horrible of me. I messed up. I messed up. I hurt someone. It was unfair that this woman is here to be do her job. What what why does she pick up her water bottle and throw it at him? What if in the middle of himself and she's just like fuck I don't want you to be CCD? She pick up her water bottle and just throw it at him. Listen, listen we, don't want, we don't want we don't want fights. We don't want fights. I mean, you know you know mean? that kind yeah, of thing, you know, like true. she's he's minding his business and she decided to get upset in her frustration, like fuck, I didn't want him to be thing. Oh, what if she got mad because you know he said that she was wrong about a line call and she was right? And he was just like, This motherfucker, you need some glasses. Here, take your head out of the cloud, throw her water bottle at him. We would have been mad at that situation, right? So I, I don't understand this whole situation. For me, 
he then showed himself, you know, he did wrong on the coach. And I can get that, right? Because he didn't intentionally mean to hit this woman. But the actions afterwards, it was shitty. It was so complete shitty. Which is what's so unusual because Novak really works no hard. No one couldn't talk to him? No one. He usually no works one hard. Talk to him? Get out of here. No, no. He, I mean, it was a bad press play. But you know what? It was a it's been a bad press play for Nole for a while. All the time. Because no, no. Whole... I mean, just for the last for the last couple months, his like whoever is handling his press or his um PR is doing the guru. Job. I think it's him. I well, think whatever it is, <laughs> I somebody, I somebody to give you that right quote because the person would have said leadership is immediately showing up at that press conference. It's not scuttling off into the privacy of your car and running away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like that's not what you do. You do you show Put up immediately. Like, is an asshole. Media to drag him. Yeah, so I listen. Listen, Drag I don't really care about Novak being an asshole. Every one of them are assholes. The point is, you need to get P PR so people don't know you're an asshole. But, know. but we know he's an asshole. Period. But he, here's the thing, but I don't even think. But I mean, again, historically, he's had bad PR. He doesn't even have good management team around him because he's constantly changing um, clothing deal. He's all over the place. Well, I mean, listen, listen, I don't want to get. Haven't you both wait. been in a press room with him? Wait, 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 wait. Have you? No, no listen, I'm I don't want to go down that road. Listen, lots of people are horrible people in per in private. The point of PR is to help people not see that. So right, that's what I'm I saying. have no idea who he is. I don't make any presumptions. I mean, he could be the son of God, as his fans have said. All of those things. But what I'm saying is, if you are going to do this labor, mm -hmm. get get a good press person so that we don't see that your slip is showing. We don't see any of that stuff that you need to keep private because guess what? We can judge you on court, fine, but we don't need to be judging you off court either. Nope. Just keep that <laughs> stuff nicely put together, exactly and neat. But as you've suggested, it's taken a long time for Novak to figure that game out. And right. you know, um, you try to stage a coup without a coup. I mean, Seb <laughs> just reminded I mean, us that uh, that. Shapovalov yeah, defaulted for that injury. He went to press. He was 17. <laughs> Novak is a grown ass man who won't talk about his misgivings. Listen, I, it, listen this is, but this is what comes with power. Shapovalov, no, this is who power. he's always been. I know, That's but Shapovalov had no power, and Shapovalov knew that his job was to show up and. Exactly. They wasn't going to ban him for life from 10 Exactly. So Djokovic has power, and that means with power comes a certain expectation that you don't have to do all the things that the powerless do. And so, you know, that's fair enough. That's that's how power works. But it was a good opportunity for us to see it in action. You can't pretend that it didn't happen. And you know what? Like, I, I to, to the degree that this is something new about Djokovic for people, I don't think so, right? It's so, not new. Nope. I remember when he was giving the love, and now he's out here trying to break. It's people. only new that he got in trouble to the level that he did. Period. That's it. That's the only new thing about this. I know Beck has be been behaving this way for a long time. He's better, right? He can't he's, even cheat, right? I mean, come on now. Well, listen, we though, I will say though, let's be honest. We have no idea who these people are. Who? What people are? Are any of these players? I know people like want to say they're the best thing slide spread, all of that kind of stuff. And yes, power does show who you are, how you handle power, how responsible you are when you get it. That's probably an indication of your character. We can make some claims, 
But I will also be very careful and say, I know none of these top guys. I don't know them. I've never been in their house. I've never seen them, you know? So all I can judge is how, what they put forth. Well, and, and I, I agree a hundred percent. And when I, to be clear, when I say Novak's an asshole, I'm talking about what I see from him on court, period. Mm, I'm sorry. I'm saying he's an asshole on a whole. whole okay, well, that's fine. I don't make those claims, but that's fine. I'm just saying, you know how it is, because you know I believe in PR. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just saying, um, Pablo, as we're changing clothing, my point to him changing all of the sponsorship is that when you think of like the top players and generally top players, you see them associated with a brand, but he's been all over the place. Adidas, he's been with Uniqlo, gone back and forth, like he was wearing one person on top, and added the shoes only it stopped wearing added the shoes he's all over the place and with the other two players they've been all the top players have been consistent serena used to be puma then she was nike and then it's no confusion in that sort of thing even osaka and whatever the case may be but i'm just saying i just think that you know i'm sure he hired pr but i'm just saying he doesn't work well with pr you can hear him talking right but I, think, like, but I think that's part for the that's part of the um the authenticity push right that's part mm -hmm. of the challenge with people who say they want being very generous you know i don't it's not that i mean to be generous but i do want, i do think that that's a part of the complexity of trying to figure out how you present yourself authentically and part of that looks it looks unstable when you do that because most people are unstable. You think one thing one day and the next another day and da da da. I mean, at least at least that's my that's how I receive people, right? So, my sense of Novak is that he has a very different leadership style. It's a little strong manish. We all see that. Um, you know, it's very secretive. It's very mood driven. Um, but if you are that person, what you do is you find someone who can like shade that so that it reads better for the press. We are fortunate that he doesn't. Also, I'm just saying, Andre. Some politicians haven't found you yet, Andre. Some politicians haven't found you yet. You're doing a hard sell. You're doing a hard sell. I was a little bad. I, I got a little bachelor's in psychology, so I like to play pet. Psychology. Okay, all right. No lay Andrina is pretty high here. I don't know how she she mightn't help you get better. to that better slam, but yeah. she might she repair your your public image. She definitely. I, I think it's time to move on to the women. We'll move on, but to everyone in the chat, we really appreciate what you. We really appreciate all of the all of the comments. I will say, I I I want to just note that someone said um said this about his apology, which concurs with Reels' apology. Um, your take on it, Reels, which is that the apology led with how he felt which is um, very yeah. Trumpian, rather than actually admitting to what happened and actually making the apology about the person as opposed to about himself. That um, did so, among girl, I believe. Um, all right, so let's get to the other part of the US Open, which was really exciting. It the was. We had the we had the uh, a nice, nice showing from Victoria Azarenka. Were you expecting Ooh. that? No, the resurrection of Azarenka. I mean, Venus dragged her in um, Oklahoma, Kentucky, wherever they were in Kansas City. <laughs> where was that? Lexington. That's the thing. That sounds familiar. It's Lexington. And I was just like, girl, Vika, you letting V drag you straight sets? And I think, you know, Vika took that as a wake up call. I don't blame you, girl. And oh, wait, 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 wait. Are you insulting both of them at the same time? Yeah, what he kind is. Of complimentary is this? Look, look, listen to me. I'm really, I'm going to get into a fight. I have been in a fight on Twitter. 
there isn't anybody on this earth besides, you know, Earl Scene and Brandy Williams and Richard Williams who love V, Venus, Ebony Star Williams as I do. But I have come to accept the reality of the situation, okay? Venus is living her best life off of the court, so she's just on the tennis court selling us shit, okay? She's on there, she got a brand or something out there, and I'm not mad at that. Okay? I am I'm not, not mad, mad at her that. either. I'm not mad at her I'm not, either. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. But the reality of the situation is that I ain't expect to see Venus picking up titles. You know what I mean? I'm just here just once she don't get dragged by people I dislike. That's the only thing I beg her to do. Don't get dragged by people I don't okay, like. We're going to do know. full, full confession. Full confession, y'all. Every time Venus shows up for a tournament, we look at each other and we ask what product has Venus got. You know. <laughs> you see Venus is selling something more than you see on the practice court, she's going to lose the first round. And I have not been moving around yet. Was, was all these, and all these people, you know, know what I don't like too? A lot of people are shifting over to the Venus bandwagon because they don't trust Serena. We don't want you. We don't want you. Wait, you let know me what? tell you because I know some of your people in that 2017 finals, y'all were like, drag her, Serena, drag her. <laughs> I'm not gonna let y'all come and try to shift over to Venus and talk about she's the nice one. No, stick with your Serena stand. We know y'all. It's it's cool. It's cool. We manage you. But what I won't allow y'all to do is try to try to set me up and be like, you think Venus could take this title? Which title? Which title? Those days are over, people. Y'all gonna be mad, but you know what? Just be there and be there for the cute outfit. You want the Wonder Woman 11 stuff? Go get it. That's what Venus is here to do. Sell you something. She's doing QVC on the tennis court. And that's way better because ain't nobody got time for QVC in COVID-19 times, okay? And I'm Everyone not- has time for QVC in COVID-19 times. <laughs> You're not out shopping, duh. Well, I don't know about that because I haven't yes. seen I'm just saying, Venus, that is a smart strategy. But you need to tell these fools out here, stop yet expecting you to win titles. It's not happening. But I would wow. say in Lexington, she was playing some decent tennis. But as soon as she got... Venus Serena. Well, you serve, no? She was mm-hmm. selling something. She was selling. She got a YouTube <laughs> channel. Wait, I mean, was she selling a serve or was she selling an outfit? I mean, look, <laughs> no, she ain't selling nothing for, for dudes, so I'm not even looking at that. Mm-hmm. But let me tell y'all something. Y'all know Venus. Back in the day, who's Venus talking to? Venus ain't talking to us. So Venus don't even show up for press conference and she got a YouTube channel. Get out of here. Venus <laughs> he is willing to take the hit from the, the, the $10,000, right? Because she knows she's making more money on the back end. Listen to me. No, it's actually good. good. I mean, I think that woman has an MBA, if I'm not mistaken, a bachelor's on MBA from a university out in, um, from a university in the Midwest. So I'm not mad at the hustle, but we're not going to be out here trying to play me and say, Venus going to be out here winning. What do you think her chances are? Zero. Because she's playing something. <laughs> Wait, 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 w
let's have no title expectation. Two, let's move on to Serena stands. So Serena stands, how y'all feeling about that? Um, they need they need to get going. it because the, let me just say quiet as it's kept. Serena's on that hustle too, but y'all ain't looking. Y'all ain't <laughs> so seeing Serena's that. Hustle's better. Serena's best. Serena's hustle's better because she's getting through rounds. <laughs> Serena she's also getting them up. She's getting all the eyes. She's getting all the eyes. Uh, but let me tell you something. I will say, I need you all to stop with the mommy thing because Serena has the mommy hustle down, and now that you've made everyone sick of it. <laughs> that mommy marketing might not be working anymore. So stop talking about it. Whole Paranka can't even sell nothing. She can't even get a sweetie out there. She can't even sell some popsicles. Paranka no popsicle. she had a baby. Who cares? <laughs> no one cares about Parankava. <laughs> Listen, we care about Parankava because we are Venus fans. Exactly. <laughs> always here to bring us pain and suffering. So mm. I always take Parankava seriously. But you know what? I will say, let's talk about Parankava's play. Wonderful to watch. It oh, watched really it. Nice. I did. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The way that she responded on that court, Paranka was like, you know what? I was home for too long and I am grateful to be out here. How long can I stay out here? I think the thing that people are failing to recognize is look at how the older players are responding to this moment. Mm-hmm. The, the Everyone's like, what's going on? Is it their champion's mentality? No, boo. They're old. You and they enjoyed the break. <laughs> yes. They were enjoying the break. They were, I mean, and their body healed. They're healed. <laughs> yes, that's the biggest thing. That's a huge part of it. And people are asking the same thing about Vika. Perspective, right? Perspective has happened to Vika. She's all, She's been very articulate about it in her interviews. Uh-huh. She now recognizes, actually, as a matter of fact, Vika probably should call Novak Djokovic and explain something. <laughs> I was just thinking about how she was describing how she had a big head and what that meant. Uh-huh. The problem is Vika had a had a proper come down. Djokovic hasn't had that yet, so it's difficult for him to come there naturally. Steph being shady. But, but was there shady? I didn't no, no, Steph is saying, you know, she's glad Parankova made it and not Kim. I was like, Steph, you see, I might move to the Midwest for that kind of shade. You see, that's what I'm yeah, looking listen, for. Listen, I was grateful one class out because I don't know what y'all were seeing, but I saw all the lineup about Kimmy winning. Nah, the I knew that was not gonna happen. I was like, we don't have to. People were saying she might win it. Listen, stop, stop she was it. The dark horse. She was the dark horse. Before remember, she, remember she won world team tennis now. Remember that, yes. right? <laughs> People literally, now let me tell you something. When somebody wins Labor Cup, nobody says that shit. And Labor <laughs> Cup is actually fun. Let's not play anyone, okay? People said she's winning matches at, te- at, at, at tennis at that wonderful, beautiful Billie Jean experience. But let's not take that. To the next level, but people were people are like she right. the dark horse for the U.S. Open, and then blessed, come someone came in and said, "Not this mama," and it was Parankova instead. Mm. And Vika. well, <clears throat> and Serena, and so many other mothers. Listen to me, people. Women have babies all the time. I know. It's why I keep the. It's why so keep the world going. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know if any. I don't know if anyone read any Pearl S. Buck. But that yes. heroine of that book dropped a baby and then went continued to work in the field. <laughs> and I don't know if you all have ever read slave narratives, but I'm not saying it's ideal, all the time. But this is the thing that women do. So I'm not sure what this is about. 
I think it was, I think it's one of those, because I saw a famous writer, uh, you know, a famous, I wouldn't say a blue check person. I wouldn't say he's famous, a blue check person being like, oh, I wanted Parankava and Serena to be the finals. And I was like, oh, why? Mommy, because Why? the narrative. I was just like, really? Fuck your narrative. Fuck your narrative. Okay. I'm always so crazy is that he's too lazy to write that for the quarterfinals. He couldn't write that for the quarterfinals. Well, listen, and that it. there was another one coming up in the semifinals. Let's stop. Let's stop for a second and ask ourselves, why is the mommy narrative so problematic? Because people say, well, no, this just proves that women can. Hello, we already know that women can do a lot of things. Okay? All things all things that they want to do. And actually, I actually don't like the mommy narrative because what it does is actually recalibrate back into a narrative that people are very comfortable, which is this women as extensions of other people. That's what you end up doing because if did you see that announcement what they what they did where they had they they went out there and said the mother of whom <laughs> the mother of this daughter was the right. intro. I was like, "No, she is here as a professional." Can you imagine if somebody started talking to you at your job about you as, tell me, tell me, Vika's mama, what, like, who, who, who's saying those things in a professional setting? It's weird. It's what is, absolutely strange. And what is crazy is that they're not even listening to the woman saying, that's not the issue. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> focus on me. Vika was very clear about this. But it also does something else. What it, I think it does is, you mentioned recalibrate. It also recalibrate for women who do not have children because they're yes. telling them if these women can do this, why are you all here doing X, not doing X, Y, and Z? They're when all you have, it, when all you are is single, and when you're single, it in, it's an increase in the labor force for, for 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 women on a whole. But what is also I find crazy about all of these talk is that no one is having the conversation about why is the system this way. They're not talking about dismantling the system. Because women, it's not just tennis people just having babies. All of a sudden, that's like all of a sudden, 2000 women can now have babies and play tennis. Women are doing a lot. Even gymnastics is seeing women having babies and come back and do sports. So nothing is happening here, people. Nothing new is happening here. Just dismantle the system that is preventing women from having babies and come back to the sport unless you have lots of money. Well, that's, that's the other thing. I mean, that's the truth of it. I mean, but the thing that's interesting is like, remember, women have been having babies for a really long time. Mm. <laughs> actually just discovered it when they were trying to secure <clears throat> how they were going to deal with returning moms. Right. And I thought that was so interesting that it, it, I guess what needed to happen was it needed to impact a top player who was in a slam position. <laughs> Exactly. People actually say it was only her. Like, remember, right? It was like it was suddenly people are like, "Oh, should we make sure we secure their space so that they can come back?" And then there's this bigger question of, "Are you treating like pregnancy as an illness?" Um, you know, all of those larger questions, right? But basically, what we're talking about is just making sure that women can return and compete and do their jobs. Just basically women can come back to their jobs. This is what this is. But yeah, it was interesting. I remember that. That was the discussion around Vika and Serena. But prior mm -hmm. to that, there were lots of women returning to the tour and nobody really gave them the time of day. Because I think one of the issues with Vika and Serena is that they chose to return to the tour so soon. The other women basically. I don't think that's it. Well, that wasn't yeah, it. That ain't no, it. No, I think one of the for the big for the top for the players I think they've mentioned they came and whatever they basically came off of the tour and retired from the tour. 
No, no, that's not it, Reels. It's the simple fact that the names were big enough to matter. Oh no, no, no! I'm not saying I'm not saying that, but I think. Well, sorry, let me clarify what I meant. The question had to have been posed because of the big names, and they had chose to return to the tour so soon after having the baby. The questions didn't come up before with other players because they had come off of the tour completely. And no, had been they came year. back and they left the tour and came back. Whether they came back quickly or not, they were still returning mothers. It was still the central question. You're talking about the protected ranking reels? Yeah. Right. That's what so, I'm talking So, yes, time always matters in that fact. But I think that the reason that it was given some real true discussion is because, because it was yeah. Serena Williams, period. I don't think that we could deny that, but I, we're spending way too much time on that. Um. Let, I, I mean, think so. I think it was really valuable. I think the mommy storyline that has taken over is really problematic. People, don't want to hear it no more. Mother, could you please stop it. Away from it. They don't have the okay, name. so this is what this is what Maya says. She said, I'm over the mom narrative. This is nothing new. I'm a working mom and homeschooling my child. I'm exhausted. I don't want a medal. I want a nap. And you know what? That's <laughs> how most of us Maya. feel. You want money. And in some, but in some respects, let's be real, because I'm in the same boat Maya is. In some respects, these pro athletes with all this money who are coming back to their job, per se, they got it a hell of a lot easier than I do, because they have the money to pull in the resources to help them. Period. You know, oh my God, they're doing, yes, they're doing great things. Mothers are great because they're mothers. Listen, they have squeezed a child out of their body it's a big fucking deal however they have a lot more resources than the average joe so mm. their their so-called struggle to go back to work is probably a hell of a lot easier than mine or maya's or yvette's they're not struggling to go back to work so the option of whether they want to go back to work they don't well, need the I mean, money but I, but I think you're every you're presuming a lot because this is the point we're trying to make is that they are having this conversation about Vika, but there are players at the higher levels who are not or lower levels who are right. able to come back and have, they're in your position. They're in the position that they're actually returning to work because they can't afford not to work because this is their jobs. So I just think the selective narrative around Vika right, 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 right. Yeah, it happened around the wrong people. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like we're acting like Serena and Vika are doing like this. Oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this. Well, why the hell not? They're multimillionaires. <laughs> they could travel the world with a whole damn entourage to help them. Get private know? homes too. They could get private. <laughs> right. Well, so interestingly enough, you saw what happened with Vika. So when you saw that Vika herself couldn't travel the world regardless of the fact that she had money, what it demonstrates are the systems issue that Reels is talking about. Right. Talk about what the systemic structures are that are actually preventing athletes like Nike su supporting and celebrating Serena while at the same time. Exactly. De denying Alison Felix and um, just, I forget that other girl who ran the uh, Alicia Montoya yep. from actually even competing. I mean, listen, it women you know the evil is bad. So those ads were making people cry at the same time as, you know, they were doing the nasty and in terms of labor politics. So I think that that's really, if you're going to mention the mommy thing, at least use it as a segue to talk about real stuff, 
not use it as a segue just to have like another narrative so you don't have to talk about the points being played. Well, you know, Deb just said the mommy narrative is a media grab to have something to talk about. I mean, clearly. That's what Yeah, it but is. it's like such an uninteresting way to talk about it. Um, Which speaking of uninteresting does that a lot. Well, talk about uninteresting ways to talk about it. Let's switch to Naomi Osaka and talk about how people didn't <clears throat> know how to talk about what Naomi was doing. Okay. <laughs> you guys. What? So Oh my God. First of all, I do want to say, um, you know what? I'm happy about how Naomi handled most things. Uh I'm happy that, that she decided I'm going to use my platform and you know what? It's working. We're seeing that it's working. She is, she is bringing about awareness and she says that was her goal. Um, I, I am disappointed in how Cincinnati played out. But you know what? It is what it is. I wanted her to not go back. Um, whatever. Oh, I th- I believe it was Renee Stubbs mm-hmm. who actually said to Naomi, "You know, we're trying to guess whose name you're going to wear next. It's like a game." It's she. It's she. Let me did tell you, you something. Bitch. You Let- like yes, she did. Dead. It's it was- a fucking game. It's a fucking game that you're trying to guess what dead black person is coming out on her mask next. Are you fucking kidding me? And what? nobody said anything. No, I see, didn't- you didn't even know this happened, right? I this should have been. I, no, huge. I read about it, but I didn't see the exact quote. But let's be honest, y'all. Let's talk about that. Like, this is what is happening with. I I saw a post this morning from um Aubrey's mom saying that their the death of their children are launching these campaigns that they themselves are not seeing the benefits of. And so this is the tricky thing about the, listen, it's wonderful what Naomi's doing, but this is the tricky thing about this moment. It's kind of like we're seeing, we're seeing it happen with a lot of the people that we lost this year is that their imagery is being used as advertising for things that the family has no control over. And, you know, that is a cringy thing that Stubbs said, but the reality is that is that is how that's going to be interpreted by people who are not well-versed in these images and in ver- well-versed. In it means story. nothing to them. It, it, is, it is just that. It is just a marketing yeah, ploy. That's the only thing they can see in it. Yeah. And I mean, it's problematic that Stubbs said it only because she's a vocal person as someone who's maybe on TV and paid to do this work. You want her to do the research so she could figure it out. But as Pablo just said in the chat, this is capitalism. This is this is capitalism as protest. And capitalism doesn't have the capacity to manage protest except to monetize it. And so it is uncomfortable to me that really there is this thing that's happening where we are knowing black people because they die and we are losing kind of the strains of that. And I, I feel really uncomfortable bringing this up because I just don't know what we're supposed to do with it. But Stubbs's answer is an ex- um, response is something that I've been really struggling with myself. My thing is that uh, for me, there was a lot of things out about this US Open and you know, we are literally in the middle of a pandemic. United States have lost 200,000 people that we know of on record, right? Yeah. We know we're undercounting this situation. We know that there are people who just won't ever be counted. We are deliberately undercounting and the people who just won't be counted because of, you know, immigration status, 
They probably died at their homes. And, you know, again, people are falsifying records. But on record, we have 200,000 people died from COVID-19 since March. Okay, in less than six months. And you had this event. And plus, in the middle of this pandemic, racism didn't stop. Right? Racism continued in full force. I mean, you saw some of these horrific imagery and whatever the case may be. And what was shocking is that it wasn't shocking. Right? It was just another day in America just to be who you are. I understand, for me, I understood what she was trying to do here. You know, I think in many ways she felt powerless and she felt powerless. I don't want to say voiceless because she did find her voice. Right? She is saying something or doing something and that might just be enough for what it is. And I know there are forces, capitalist forces around her who was trying to push and stop that from happening. In fact, she was going to wear a mask at the tour representation, and that would have been a powerful image. She was told uh, to take it off. No, she would. They, they set up separate not to wear a mask and not to wear a mask. No one was going to wear a mask. But as soon as those people move away from the mask, they put on a mask. And again, this is why I think that Renee Stubbs' situation was deliberate. It wasn't an accident. Like it wasn't. <clears throat> Like she's deliberately not doing any research and she's going to treat this as some trivial matter because she wants to jump up and I said, oh, look at the 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 courage of Naomi Osaka, because that's how you know how I have this the situation where the, the the world at large sets up a problem and congratulate themselves for doing the bare minimum yeah. to solve this problem. You literally set up racism and then you're trying to act as if, oh, my God, Naomi Osaka is doing the heavy lifting and I got to look at this cute bit. But the U.S. Open fumbled the ball on a whole. They put up this Black Lives Matter sign, whatever, in the background with painting and whatever. And you barely ever saw this. If you're watching this on a commercial channel and, com and you were having commercials and whatever, you didn't see any of this. Was there any statement? Was there any tribute to the people who had died? Particularly in Queens, you literally had three to four weeks of tennis in a place where the majority of New York City people who died from COVID-19 died in that borough. Nothing happened. And it was well, just well, kind there of was a campaign. I saw, I told you there was an email campaign for you to put um, the name of a dead person on the back of a shirt. No, those are healthcare oh, workers. Healthcare workers. Sorry. That was those were healthcare workers. And what yeah. does that mean? I yeah. saw McCarthy, Johnson, Peter. What does that mean? Do you understand what I'm saying? It just, yeah. just this may symbolic. It was thing. just all weird. It was just, it, it was well, all weird. Weird is not the word I would use. It, it was all, um, it's weird to see ball kids running around with names on the back of their shirts and you don't even know why they're there. They didn't talk. They did not talk about this. I didn't feel like consistently through the tournament. So that's, so that's weird. So for all I know, that was Rodriguez. Well, you know, shagging balls. Ball. Exactly. But, but, listen, but isn't it tricky though? Isn't it tricky to do that? Because the reason why you're having sport is to distract people. So in the midst of the distraction, you can't actually talk about the thing that it, you are distracting people from, right? No, because, that's, that's, that's right. Because in the, because the reality is you have the number one, well, is she the number one player? Is there anybody else talking about? No, no. no. Sorry. Um, it's just wishful thinking. No. So you have Naomi Osaka, who is very well regarded, well received, sporting a name of a person who was killed by police. The, I mean, when I saw it covered later by Japanese press, they were deconstructing each person's experience and talking about what had happened. And I think the, that's the good US that came of it. Not do the U.S. press had press had the capacity to do it. They had more resources to do it because they actually had contacts, and they didn't. And they had the people. 
Yeah, they had people. And what they did was, what was the, oh my God, I saw someone said they avoided saying anything about the police in the way they talked. Oh, they, they never did at all. Police was never, never mentioned. They call it racial, they call it um to fight racism. <laughs> That's what they described it as being. No, apparently, per, per Pablo, John Wertheim called it social justice masks. Yes. Which, by the way, if that is not like another short thing for social justice warriors, I don't know what is. But I mean, I think it was just it was just not well handled. And I think it was also odd that you're honoring Billie Jean King and the start of the tour, which was a form of protest, by the way. Right. The women's tours very foundation was protest. Mm -hmm. and you're in the middle of a protest and you don't connect the dots. That's the other thing on the men's side. Again, the men's tour is in the middle of a protest for their rights as workers. And they didn't connect the dots to any of a larger protest. Well, Tennis and doesn't want to talk about the dirty stuff in the closet. But, you, but, you, but, so you know, but again, anything I, that might be a little bit controversial, they don't want to talk about it. It's not even supposed to be controversial, though. Service, though, you do yourself a disservice. Yeah, but that's yes. what they do. Audience, right? but, but you, but you see. But you see, tennis is built upon this white power structure that racism is fighting against. And this is the thing. Whenever you have any of these, as I was trying to make make a point earlier today on Twitter, is that whenever you have these systems and once you start connecting and you create any benefit for people of color, particularly if these people of color are black and brown people, mostly black people, then this becomes crazy. It then becomes why people don't know how to do this because all of us know as the summer wore on, guess what? Support for Black Lives Matter has decreased. Sure. Mm -hmm. This is how people treat that situation. Like if people are not campaigning for their lives, <laughs> this is what this is. And this oh, is no one's that... been killed. That's a high profile story in the news in the last month. So they must be good. I mean, it's just, I just think it's a really tricky thing. So I'll go back. We'll go back to the Naomi piece. It's, it was tricky. I think it was really interesting to, to hear Stubbs, um, to hear what Stubbs said, because I think that was also um, important news about how that is being received. I also and, and even the other guy did do, I forget what the other dude that came on court. Um, at the end, right? At the, the very end. end. He yeah, did the same the thing. End. And then she was just like, what did you get from this? And he had nothing. And that which was... Then, which then everyone celebrated in Twitter as a kind of clapback. But I actually thought it was... It was sad because what it said was Rinaldi, yeah. Rinaldi, Rinaldi. asked a question about what did he ask her? He said, No, that I think something along like now that this is over, what do you think is what have you what did you try to do you accomplish. think you get out from it or did they accomplish through this and whatever the case may be? It was it was almost insulting and demeaning, I got the question in and of itself. Right, that she was putting herself, I wouldn't say on the line or anything. The message you wanted to send was what he asked her. Right. Thank you. Um, it's, you know, it's tricky because what was the question she wanted to send? Who was she sending the question to? Right. It was both, um, it was both for her and for the audience. So what do you how do you all interpret that? What would have what would it, what would we have wanted to get out of this moment? Well, for me, I mean, knowing that this is tennis and you know, tennis doesn't really have room or space and capacity as I think like like football and those other sports that have had that sort of a um team camaraderie atmosphere and tennis this kind of thing is sort of tricky but then again is it really because Arthur Ashe was fighting apartheid in the 1970s and 80s right or 60s and as well so tennis has a history with this and but for me I thought that here was someone who was attempting to start something and 
you, I think um, prison abolitionists and um, prison culture, mm-hmm. she says, you know, start where you are. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You know, don't, you have to start somewhere and just start. Sure. And I think this is from what happened in Cincinnati. I think she, I think she realized that they played her in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And then she realized in the end here at the US Open, they played her again. Sure. And I think the next time around, <laughs> you won't be playing her. And well, I they'll think try. Each, they'll always play. They, they'll they would always, always try. But always. I think every time she's she's been moving up. And I think to me, this was an opportunity to in the largest stage. What I thought would have been up, and I mean, I'm not here for image and whatever. Here she was on the largest stage, the person who wanted that she had that she had seven masks and she could pick from a whole bunch of people. And this was a system that was bleeding over because here's the round of the situation. We just keep thinking this is a male thing. Naomi Osaka could have been one of those names. Naomi Osaka can be one of those names. She's in the wrong place in the wrong time minding her business. She could be that person. And that is what I think this is what, you know, I think she's attempting to have this conversation. But again, we know the media and a whole didn't doing that. But like I said, and Janina pointed out, you know, I, I think you pointed out that this was, this conversation was happening in Japan. That they're able to talk about this. Perhaps it's well, happening in Europe. That's what but, I wanted to point out. I think that I think that we, not we, literally us here, but we see Naomi Osaka. She's come out and she says, I'm a black woman. You know, I have to, I have to take a moment and, and use my platform in a positive way. She said exactly what she wanted her message to be from the beginning. But I think that she is getting clumped in with black American women. And that's the, that's where the communication is is breaking down but when people are going what did you want to do what did you want to do why are you doing this and she she said all along to bring awareness naomi osaka is not american yes, i don't believe excuse me she's, she's born in america i know i i realize that reels but she is japanese and like andreen said they were talking about this in a way that they never were before and they went through and dissected it she she did what she wanted to do and she did some and something good did come out of it people were talking about it that weren't before and talking about the whys the who's the where's the when we know this 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 wasn't necessarily for us yeah she's lived here for a long time but she's not ours and I feel like people are acting like I, I think this is an Im- I think she would push back, push on, back that. on that. I don't know what this matter. I mean, because I mean, grandmother lives in Queens. You know that she, we are her. She she is with us. She's not seeing herself. She's seeing herself as all of the things. I just I'm saying I never when she's when she said to bring awareness, mm-hmm. of course, that's to people that are watching her play tennis or whatever. But I think that seeing the way that her demonstrating protesting whatever you want to call it was played out on television outside of this country Mm. shows that she was successful okay so you were saying that she was trying to reach the um the the audience of tennis not necessarily a black american audience correct Okay. okay So I think, um, but I think I want to just, I want to just bring a couple of attention, attention to a couple of things in the comments, because I think it's really valuable. I think there is the sense a couple of people have shared. There's a sense that this has Nike marketing all over it. That's an interesting point that also that she was attacked by Japanese fans on Twitter. 
saying that she wasn't really Japanese, but that's just the nature of the beast when anybody is any um, is biracial. Um, who owns the person? Hello, we didn't in, 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 we didn't we didn't really create those rules about who gets to be. Um, so, do we all feel? Do you all think or agree with the suggestion that this was a some sort of long range Nike campaign? I don't think this was no, a Nike no, campaign I whatsoever. I this think this her. was, I think this was, and like O just said, the first time that we have seen authentic Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka has always been kind of this laid back giggle box that likes cartoons and anime. anime. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause that's how I see it. But you know, my, my son will tell me, Jasmine will tell me you're right. Who likes anime. And I don't think that we've ever gotten anything of substance from her. I really don't ever until ironically, now. Ironically. Now let me ask you this, cause this is what I've been thinking about. Do you know how we received Naomi as kind of off, but the press was enamored of her? And you've just said that she is potentially emerging as her more authentic self. Mm -hmm. Do you think the press is going to be able to handle? Oh, they can't. Nope. Absolutely nope. not. No, nope. actually, I, I said this two years ago, in fact. Yes. I'm I giving said this you a moment to have real say. I told you so. Tell them what you said, real. <laughs> because remember, two years ago after the U.S. Open situation, they were trying to pit Naomi Osaka against Serena. They were either trying to be quote she's a better black than Serena, or because you know she's yeah. Japanese, being biracial, she's a better black than the black woman. Yeah. And also, she was and she's constantly pushed back against this kind of narrative. They even tried it here again, and you know, like isn't Serena saying anything? And I think you know this is a black woman. And because everything that I had heard from her before was that I never, I thought of her as being Haitian most of then, you know, particularly yep. in terms of culturally, that she, she speaks, I think, fluent Creole. And one of the things that she said here when she was here is that it's so sad that she can't see her grandmother who literally lives down the street, basically. She said, every year I would come here and go see my grandmother. That's why I said, when you said that she's not a black American woman, I'm just like, she kind of is. And and speaks this out of like immigrant history, and um, you know of the black diaspora in America. But I really think they're going to have it because she isn't. Because if you see how I think they understood, I wouldn't even say that she was not even being authentic. I think she was just being silent because she's never really said much in the press okay. anyway. They, they just perceived as they projected a lot onto her. They projected a lot onto her mainly because she's Japanese. You know how you know white people see Asian women and a whole. You know, Oof. but you've mm -hmm. clearly seen that now they've seen that same eyes is really like, I think you're stupid. I think you're well, an idiot. And it's you've been saying for years, Reels, that at some point, someone, something's going to happen that's going to remind Naomi that, that she's, she's a black actually black, black woman. <laughs> and this, we have to also consider her age. Um, She's getting older. The world looks different as you get older. Things happen and you interpret them differently. And this is a really, um, this is a tough time for black people, period. And although I've not seen her speak out on anything that's happened to her personally, we don't know. There was some, and you know what? Maybe it's just the sheer raw emotion of what's going on in the world that, that said, you know what? I need to speak up. I have no idea why she 
you know, we have nothing to go on other than a note she put out when she said she was going to pull out of Cincinnati. We have this little piece of something that says, this is why I'm doing that. But it's it's bigger than that. You know, there's well, there's well, more emotion behind that. She doesn't have to share that. But remember, though, Janina, she's she is the age that you are. Remember, she's a college age person. So if you think about the experiences that you have at that age where you are taking in new information and your identity formation is happening. Like, I think I shared this. Well, that's like, this is, this is Naomi having read Malcolm X. Like we all feel. Yeah. Like that, and that's what I'm saying. So no, we're, we're saying. After you read Malcolm X, after like intro we, to Malcolm X text, you're like, okay. You're I have always, part. I have always felt like she was goofy and yeah. didn't give us anything. And, and now she's becoming a woman and she's seeing the world more clearly. And I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm totally guessing, but probably something has happened to her and she's like i am in a unique position in the world to be able to speak on on this and have people listen and she took a chance and i'm proud of her for that because you know what tennis is not welcoming to black people period well, does it anything happened to i don't know if, i don't know if i don't i think there's been a how old is she uh, i mean but the wall i mean but let's be honest about how she's been covered the thing that we didn't notice, she's been talking about what's been happening to her or other people have been talking about what's happening. I just mean little it. microaggressions, stuff no, that no, maybe no, she no, never no, even no. noticed before. She's getting she's older. Not. But I mean, but I don't know either. Like I'm just saying that. No, at no, no, I'm just saying that she said it in some of the in some of the write ups that's happened on the way. They have talked about the experiences that she's had as a black player. It's just that. We've never heard her articulate it, but other people have talked about the things that have happened to her. And we've just missed it because people haven't been focused on that aspect of it. But if you've read any of the writings up until um, up until this U.S. Open, she's had comparable experiences that the Williams sisters have had, especially the way coaches talk about her family. That's been the that's been the case. It's just that we've never really leaned in on that narrative around her because they've been sharing the story about her as this kind of like respect anti-serena yeah yeah the anti-serena thing but the anti-serena strict that they yeah, give to sloan yeah, and madison exactly. keys they just want but also the other interesting thing that i i would say add to that is that she's also biracial japanese she's half black and half japanese and as someone pointed out the the comments and the racism that coming out from japanese Oof. um people it's probably it's enough to turn anybody. It's, it's it's enough already because, I mean, there's a whole subculture for biracial Japanese in Japan, and yeah. citizenship in Japan in 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 those Asian countries isn't because you're just born there. Basically, there's a whole you have to be your parents have to be born a mother. I think is why she's Japanese. So, I can imagine all of those things you know are in your mind and at some point. And I mean, plus let us. I mean, I I find it really crazy that anyone can see the kind of stuff that we see on TV on a daily basis that happen to black people that are captured on film and that we know it's even worse that it's not being captured on film right. and not have a reaction. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I think to, to, to O's point in the chat where he says the press will try to go with the respectable alternative to the Brash Williamses, then it'll flip. I think to your point, I think Chrissy suggested that at the very end. Because um, didn't Chrissy skip over the Williams sisters to say that finally we have a champion that people could relate to? But, you know, somebody tried to get Naomi to say, well, aren't you are you surprised that Serena hasn't come out with a mask or something like that? Naomi, It's like, why are you trying to bait her to to be 
butting heads with that's the story they've already know, written right so you know i mean there's just there's so much and i just feel like i feel like naomi is growing up um right in front of us right now and it's a good it's a good look on her no she good got look, good pr no she got no, good pr you need to also, you need to have find these people it's a good look but i will say that the thing that they were afraid of about the Williams sisters is actually the thing they're about to get. <laughs> so yeah. because, because you yeah. know what? Because remember, Venus, Venus, Venus walked so that Serena could fly, right? And we Venus all... stopped. Venus well, was what? about to be that person too. I know, right? But remember, it's like <laughs> it's like Nikki Giovanni. I don't know. I want to recommend you all watch <laughs> and listen to a podcast with Nikki Giovanni talking about. <laughs> Venus Williams and Serena Williams. <laughs> Clearly, she is a Venus Williams stan, like real knows. Nikki knows. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but the point that she makes is really strong, which is the idea that Naomi Osaka has the re has the ability to do what she's doing because of the Williams sisters. sisters. And it's like they're the Jackie Robinson, so you weren't yeah. loudmouth blacks. So because they were silent and some of the issues. You can now be loud, okay? And you know what? She basically said that in a in a very nice way and totally shut that shit down. And good for her. Naomi is clearly smart. She's always been saying that. I hope that I I you know what? I just hope that she. I hope that she doesn't succumb to somebody telling her to be quiet because I feel like we've already seen a couple things that indicate that's happening well it's gonna be listen it's a long journey it's a a very long journey and you know what what? i hope she can stay strong listen at one side of it is colin kaepernick so we already showed you what's gonna happen right so if you can survive not being colin kaepernick that's probably gonna be a win for you but it's a long road we have no idea what's ahead we have no idea the world that we are going to be in in the united states come post november where maybe her message works in one world, but it won't resonate. So, you know, we don't, uh, I, I say, you know, more power to her, good luck, but I'm not going to judge her if she starts pulling back because it's an unsafe if world. She, no, if she right? pulls back, nope. I just hope it's of her own accord. Well, I mean, I, and then I, if it I, is, I then... You can't sideline a, a tree slam champ. Okay, so... Well, I mean, listen, as Naomi said at the end, you had to wear those seven masks. Right. It matters if you win. Nobody cares if you're winning. So I hopefully she understands that she has this platform as long as she keeps winning. That's the truth of how that works. Um, They were already convincing themselves that Colin Kaepernick wasn't good at his job. So it's like you. They even bought out. They even brought out. They bum people. People and they brought (laughs) up bum knee people to talk about that. So I just think that as Naomi Osaka does this work. The first and foremost is you have to win. And it was it covers a multitude of sins. I don't know if you all heard I mean, this, but there was a conversation between Billy G about, you know, they had Billy Jean on to talk about her, you know, saving sport in general, saving the world in general, because that's what happens. Um, and so it was interesting to hear Chrissy thank Billy Jean because Chrissy doesn't see herself as part of that legacy. And it's so strange to me. She was there with a dollar, though. She was there in that picture. I mean, but it's just weird because, like, what I saw, what was noteworthy about it is the idea that, and I think this is something that I notice that white women do sometimes, and I just, I'm so curious about her, not recognizing that the battle for women's sport is ongoing. And so even though Billie Jean started it, she never saw that it was her responsibility to take up the baton. 
except she expects Naomi as well as um, Coco to take up the black person baton. The lion's share, right? And then all the black players, all of the black players must go to white people and beg for their humanity. And you know, they could just... She doesn't say she, and this is what I find is so crazy. They almost act as if the issues are imaginary only to black people. Only black people can see it because they're not saying, well, you know, here are these players talking about these issues. Let's go stop. Let's go fix these issues over here. Yeah, no, they didn't say they, that. They don't say that. They say, oh my God, look how brave they are for fixing to talking about these issues, but yet maintain that issue. But you have to understand. Chrissy has benefited from this status quo tremendously, sure. right? She was all American girl. She was all of that. Then Martina Navratilova came along. Martina was kicking her butt, but it didn't matter, right? Because Chrissy was, was collecting them checks. Yep. And Chrissy isn't about to, and maybe it's those still those relationships that she had formed and those systems that is keeping the Chris Everett Academy going. Because if you know anything about corporations and white people, yeah, yeah. they ain't trying to put their own money into that. They're well, trying to get no, everybody I mean, else's money. It's, but it's it's just weird though because she took herself out of the conversation, and I just think that's so odd because women's tennis continues to be um, under attack by people. Yeah, and so you should you should be a vocal supporter. But she was like, Billy, thanks for making it possible, and then didn't give herself any kind of responsibility at all. And I was like, her responsibility was just to win on the court. That's all she saw. And then Billy said to her, well, the reality is people were going to come back at us and say that it was distracting you from the sport. But it doesn't distract if everyone's on the bandwagon, right? I mean, we've noticed that about the WTA as well. They also sometimes don't realize that they're fighting for their own existence as a sport. And so it's like, you well, always have to champion the work of other they, of, of other people. Think, <laughs> but there are women within that organization who knows if it fails, there is a place for them somewhere. I guess so. And that's those are unfortunate people who are in charge and who gets to do most of the talking. But I do think what needs to happen beyond this kind of black coalition of players and whatever to talk about these issues is that action needs to be done. I'm tired of talking. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, we're well, all tired of talking because we're on a podcast, but. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I think there was some action though. Didn't they just name Fed Cup after Billie Jean King? I feel like okay. that's action. Is that not action? Why you upset <laughs> my stomach? Why do you upset my stomach with this nonsense? Billie Jean's can't get all of the trophies. I'm sorry, she can't get all of the trophies. Well, she I is. So people won't be mad about the situation, especially she when she comes out and be problematic, and people. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I know I'm preaching to the choir with the people who listen to us, but let me tell you, but tell your friends, okay? Margaret Coach is problematic, not just because she's homophobic and transphobic, she's racist also. If but, people and don't want to, been. She's, she's always been, been that. She's and been Billie problematic was from the jump. with her when she was. There was nothing new about anything that Margaret Court, Billie Jean has not discovered anything new about Margaret Court. It's just that Margaret Kraut is saying it out loud. So, Let's all remember, stop naming things after people. Can we name them after ideas? Problematic people, in, to be precise. <laughs> no people, just not people. Let's avoid people. <laughs> and maybe you all, while we're at it, we need to start building statues to people while they're still in the sport. It's not. <laughs> all right, guys. It's Okay, so so that. So, the, oh, so Reels doesn't think the action of naming Fed Cup after Billy Jean King is action. But well, let's wrap it up by talking about Rome. 
And um, are we even gonna even be existing anytime soon? No, <laughs> not, that's, okay. why, that's why it's a nice symbolic gesture. Um, <laughs> but let us finish up by telling a little bit about Rome. Has anyone observed Rome? Are the bounces still shit? I haven't on? watched one point. All I see. Well, everyone was... thought that Vika was gonna um, Vika drag. Well, Vika didn't drag Cannon. V Vika just decimated, obliterated, put her in a ninja blender and a, a bullet and just pulverize her. Six love and love. This girl didn't. <laughs> even get, and listen to me, Cannon did try. She got some deuce games. She had some advantage, but Vika was just like, no, no, you shouldn't have won the Australian Open this year. <laughs> You know what I mean? I will say I'm proud of her for doing that because Vika came here to say, "Listen, you all didn't stop this from happening, and now this is my job." And I know Vika told Muggs in her ears, "You beat me here today, and you couldn't even beat that girl I took double Baker too. Shame on you. You're not coming to the club anymore. No, <laughs> you're not here this time anymore." You know what? I want somebody to do that to team. They're like, you should have won that slam. I'm gonna come for you and show you. <laughs> <laughs> it should be Nick. Nick, you have too much drama. You have too much drama in your plate, Nick. Let that be someone else. Well, you know what, though? Can I tell you, though? We didn't talk about this enough because we got distracted by the mommy thing. The return of Vika, what, 3.0? 4.0? Oh, no, 4.0. 7.2. 7.2. Okay. You can keep getting the upgrades. Let me tell you something. Vika is upgrading like Apple software. Okay. Every year there's a new update. Every year there's a new update. I like it. Listen, I, I like the it. the return of this Vika. This aggressive. Let me tell you something. Oh, we didn't even talk about the quality of it. We talked about the politics. Sorry, Naomi. Um, The quality of that match. That was good ooh. stuff. It was that good stuff. I knew from the first set. Vika was pissed. I was Vika. I know. She got pickpocket. Naomi stole that match from her. I mean, it was a pickpocket. Because you know what? You know what's hilarious? Here's the hilarity of that situation, right? So uh, you had a situation. Was it? um, So the two losing finalists basically got a reverse, right? Because um, Sasha was down two sets to love in the semifinals against PCB, right? Yep. And then he was up two sets low, and then he <laughs> lost that. Vika got Vika got pulverized in Serena in the semifinals, right? She lost the first set, a breadstick, and then ran away with that. Then you know Serena collapsed basically, and PCB. Well, PCB was PCB was punching way above his weight. You know, Sasha anyway, just, he just, he just, he just landed, just landed like he should have. Anyway, but anyway, and then Vika got Vika. Let me. Vika was feeling herself. Vika was just like, third time is a charm. Because guess what? Every time Vika had been hot at the U.S. Open, she met Serena Williams. Yes. And then she met her again and came over it. 2012, 2013, she met Serena Williams every single time. And this time she met her, and she almost had flashbacks. And then she like, nope. Although nope. she won't admit it, she said, "No, I wasn't thinking of that." You know, Serena just, Serena, Serena blinked, and this is the problem. Serena never blinked before, and I'm showing the third set. Vika had those willies. Um, Sasha, you see what Vika did? That's how you handle those situations. Yes, because let me tell you something. Vika knew Serena was this close. To doing to how what she was doing in 2012. Vika stole for that match. Don't forget. Right? <laughs> yes, she did. She Vika stole for that match in 2012. But, but did anyway. she ever get match point in 2012? I don't think she mm-hmm. got the match. No, 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 no. Serena was just like, okay, you've had your fun. Okay. <laughs> and Serena did it to her, I think, in Australian Open one time. I mean, <laughs> oh, but I think in this, when I saw the first set against Osaka, I was like, mm-mm, this Osaka is 
she's just i don't know she's probably thinking about something as i said i don't think this girl is gonna lose this it match. wasn't awake so, i was just like yeah she, i was just like wait i just hope the u.s opening had on one of those finals when serena up in there you know those kind of like ooh, blink and this match is over but osaka was just like okay girl you do your best over there and then the one said okay that's it don't set and a break all right then, Peter. I hate that. I hate that. Let me let me let, let me do let me handle this serve like they should be handled, okay? Because because <laughs> VK ain't no powerful server, and the way people were treated that serve, I was like, what is going yeah. on? The problem they were making. You see, that is you see that's this is how you have to treat Vika, right? You have to put it's like you have to do Vika way due to Maria Sharapova. She has to think about every serve. <laughs> every time she go up to the service, she has to think about am I going to double fault here today? <laughs> <laughs> and this is what, and you have to put the pressure on the first strike of the ball. You go yeah. back to 2012 with Serena, you watch Serena, Serena was on that baseline like she was hunting her. Throw she was over. inside the baseline. Like inside it. Throw it over there. Put anything less than 90 miles an hour here, see what happened to you today. And once you don't do that to Vika, once you get the ball, you rally the ball, you're on the back foot. Mm-hmm. So Osaka was just like, we're not in for that today. And Osaka is moving really, really yeah. well. The minute that girl learned how to move forward in the transition game and get to the net, it's over, WTA. It's over. She's she going to bring yeah, a whole nothing out there. She's going <laughs> to have Coachella. You, that girl, get that. She's going to bring Coachella on that court. Watch and see. Oh my god! So WTA, if you are one, listen. well, you see, she already pulled out of Roland Garros, though. She's smart. She's like She's my smart. body ain't right. Why? Roland like, Garros in September? Who doing that? I know. <laughs> Rafa. And guess what happened? You see what happened in Rome? Yep. You gonna have to rethink thinking lucky number thirteen. Yeah, fuck this shit. Dominic's about to be a back-to-back Grand Slam no, winner. Dominic, in a they can't win in that. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Bet you some scrub win the French Open. I know. I don't know these people. These people keep acting. This is French Open in May. This is September. <laughs> this is blood end of September. You want to roll on Garros in October? Get out of here with this man. Wait, what's this gonna happen with crazy. that man? Isn't that gonna be dusty? Isn't it windy? And it's slightly oh cold. God. Then they're like, oh my god, Rafa lost Rome. Rafa lost Rome in September. Rome is usually <laughs> played in, in April. Okay. Rome was uh, supposed to be six months ago. What's wrong with you people? Oh, said Diego's winning Roland Garros. Get that shit out of here. Oh, anything is possible because we certainly did not see Dominic team and Sasha winning. Well, I think it, listen, I'll be honest to the Rafa fans. I think it was great that Rafa lost now because nobody has time to go tug of war with Novak Djokovic. You know, he's just collecting information. On a Monday, too. On a Monday finals. Who watching that? Nobody's got time for that. So I think the best thing that Rafa could do is take some information, which he got. Also, Rafa, I need you to either, what have you done? Lost weight? What's going on with your clothes? So, that outfit, if that outfit was built for Rafa last year, that outfit is telling you some stuff. <laughs> I don't know what's going Ooh. on. But All right. Rafa's gotten thinner. So, Rafa's ready for it. Um, I haven't seen him. Emmanuel, we're not going to talk about what Musetti, okay? Let me tell you, these young kids, I want them to continue to do great outside of my vision. Until you come up in the main tournaments and we're supposed to pay attention to you, continue to be great on the sidelines. Okay. Mm -hmm. I will say great against anybody except my fave. Yeah, I will say though. I will say, I know everybody loves him. I am appreciative of the fact that he has a single-handed backhand, which you know is our 
is our, you know. It's our signature move. It's our signature move <laughs> and our kryptonite. And he's pretty. So this means that this bodes well for his ability to capture people's attention. He has a pretty game. And we're just going to do that for him. We're not going right. to give him all the pressure. Let me tell you what's something, bro. Here's how you're going to make this. <clears throat> this is real advice, and I know how to deal with the scrubs. When you meet the big players, <laughs> except Sarah, don't get decimated. The minute they drag your breadstick and breadstick, you're going to be forgotten. Okay? So look, look, at that, look at that boy, um, Berrettini, SpongeBob. SpongeBobatini. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> He's doing all right. Leave him alone. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, but you know what? Quiet is a bunch of men just doing all right. And well, listen, <laughs> listen, though, listen, though, quiet as it's kept, we should talk a little bit about Gregor. I think Gregor is still in recovery. He lost so today. Let me just tell you all I don't give a crap what anybody says. Novak Djokovic had the COVID. I don't believe it. Look <laughs> at poor, look at poor Gregor. He's still not 100%. Well, I mean, it's Grigo, so I mean, he's never 100%, but hey. <laughs> I'm uh, just saying, I'm just saying that apparently COVID has some very lasting effects on people, so I mean, it, does, it does have some lasting effects. I think he just can't get his legs up, but we'll see. I mean, well, I think yeah. he's, you know, pretty. Initial, initial impressions per the fans on our timeline is Rafa's very skinny, outfit's too big, so Rafa's lost some weight. Watch out. Roland Garros people. Um, who said September. it's not hot, they're, they're in the top eight. They're going to be in the top eight. I'm speaking out of turn. I'm speaking out of turn because Mazzetti's not pretty. I think he's pretty, but apparently Pablo says no. Um, um, I don't even know what he looks a, like. He's a Federer fan, which I mean, he's Italian, so of course he's a Federer fan. Listen to me, um, Zenobi, Let me let me and and just you know just an, an a period on my whole Venus is out there trying to sell us something. <laughs> Venus is out there trying to sell us that Gregor is interesting. Wait, Gregor was my top six. Gregor is my top six. Remember, he's been in mine before too. Yeah, he was my COVID top six though. I wanted to, I wanted to stay well, quarantined. Well, with he's in Venus COVID top oh six. My God, I forgot we even did that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I have no recollection of that at all. I don't either. This has been a long year, you guys. <laughs> oh my God, that must I mean, have been like years ago. You all <laughs> forgot our top six. I'm not. We are COVID top six. I don't remember that. I, I, I don't remember Gregor. one person in mine. Not one. I remember Grigor because Grigor was so adorable. And I thought I'd be able to watch movies and have a good time with Grigor. Oh, but... yes. That sounds familiar now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fans. We did not do the ladies' top six. I suppose we will have to do that at some point. Oh, oh don't say this year has been trash. It's not over yet. Oh, please, please. Just say, you know, 2020 is 2020. That's it. That's all we're going to say. See, Tony doesn't remember it either. No, listen, somebody in the somebody in the chat by the name of Ice Devil says she remembers your shitty list. So I think you're <laughs> you know, Ice, you sound like a favorite. That is messy, Ice Devil. That is very messy. Go back on Tissy Tony, on, please. Hey y'all, Tony is in the chats revealing himself. Just <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna let that sit right there. O's right on it. There. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, so this has been a lively discussion. Um. So it looks like did we have the finalists for Rome? The finalists for home are Copless versus um. Wait, it's favorite. over. No, pneumonia. Um, um. It's Simone. over. I thought no. it just started. No, no, it's Janine. It started last week. <laughs> Keep up, Janine. Oh my gosh. No, they're gonna have the finals on Monday. Weird. 
Um, so, uh, so we have Simona versus Copless, mm. and then we have Novak Djokovic versus who? Who won? Was it? Shapovalov? No, they're still fighting. They're fighting. I hope they're it still didn't. Fighting between Shapovalov and Diego, right? Shortsman? I mean, they should just retire right now, both of them, because that's gonna be ugly tomorrow. Listen, I don't care. Novak Djokovic can win like he won Cincy. So, so we're gonna have a, a Novak Djokovic and Simona Halep. Oh, and just to end that. I just want to see. Um, we're gonna have Rome and we're gonna have Paris, um, French Open, and the numbers of COVID nineteen is still crazy. Maybe we Paris. should do a COVID draw show. No, we're not. I ain't trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say pneumonia? No, I, Simona, who, who needs the respirator? <laughs> oh God, I can't. <laughs> you all. I, I can't. No, I will not, Janina. You are foul. Okay. Good night, guys. Okay. You're, just like your your list with Sissy Fat and Novak. Look at you. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. okay. So, so we so we know though we know that the um the Rome tournament did allow some fans. I let me just say moving forward, Roland Garros's draw comes out soon. So we should probably do a draw show, I guess. Um, but the thing to note is that we, as Janina said, we have had four withdrawals because they've tested positive for COVID. Yes. Um, France's numbers continue to rise. And they're back under lockdown in some places. Mm -hmm. So um, France is actually doing worse than... It's not a priority, people. It's not a priority. Watch old tape. If not, read a book. Some of y'all need to read anyway. Listen, listen. I stopped watching tennis briefly. It was a good respite. Um, These folks don't want to give it up. Um, So we'll see. I mean, I think think that Roland Garros should not have fans. At least. Well, they're going to. Well, they've actually reduced the numbers they had to, right? They were going to bring like 5,000, 10,000, I think. They it were going to bring 15,000 a day and put 5,000 a court. It was oh, fucking yeah. ridiculous. Okay, so we've been requested to do a draw show. We'll take a look at the draw and we will do a draw show. I think people um, are in and out of these functions. Don't they have to go through small areas and whatnot? I don't know, honey. I don't know how the French are going to try to do this. But we already know that the French needs to do this because they are broke. They spent a lot of money for all the improvements, and so the ITF needs to make some money off of this tournament, right? So I think that's what it is, but ooh. all right. The, well, listen to me, people. French people fuck shit up famously. Just saying, there is farm for this. So, oh, listen, Steph said they're letting the public stay at players' hotels. So this is the end of tennis. Just so you know, this is it. This is it. <laughs> they all. They all die. Bubble works. There is no hole in a bubble. Okay. This isn't a bubble. We're we're just, listen, you know what? The thing that we have to understand, and I I pointed this out to somebody in the DM, the U S open was somewhat fortunate because people, many people were sort of isolated already. And then they came, but now this is mid tennis, mid mini season. And people are moving and coming from all over. over. So the French is trickier because you cannot presume people had been quarantined because they've been moving so much. So I actually think the French is a little bit of a setup for a, a, a disaster. And so, I mean, I don't really believe in praying sometimes, but I think we're going to have to do that because I don't know how the French is going to avoid having a really messy COVID slam. I might have misnamed the U.S. Open. It might it might actually be. This is about out. to be a hot fucking mess. I think it might be a mess, y'all. So on that note, guess what? Players, just, no. If you're listening, I know players listen all the time. We're the Russia Federation. <laughs> just know y'all are playing Russia. Y'all, y'all are gambling with your lives. Well, we'll try. I mean, let's listen. Let's let's just not be like. Let's just be careful in our DMs. By the way, I will say Nick Kyrgios. 
Nick, Nick, I will say I did sort of miss you, and you could have really stolen one of these slams. Oh, uh, Nick could have won the whole no, damn thing. Nick, I needed to do commentary, boo. That's <laughs> what I needed. That'll work get, too. Get somebody to let you do commentary, please. So we haven't been here in a long time. Does everybody know that we you can find us on Amazon now? We're doing big things. Yes, yeah. And we also have the black cauldron. And Jenny and Andrine is all Voldemort. She's an, <laughs> she's an Azkaban. <laughs> Anyway, we do exciting things. We have Professor Deb. It's a wonderful addition to the to the literary journey. Maybe when we do something like Tony Morrison laundering, we might invite you back. Maybe doubt it. Oh, you know what? If you all just, if you all start a podcast discussing Tony Morrison books, I'll be there. Um, mm. Oh, now she wants to come. Mm. I don't know about that, Deb. How we feel about know. that? We're going to have to take a vote. Uh, you can take a vote, but we're talking. We're talking genius, okay? We're talking genius, so we're going to show and, up for and, that. And we're talking someone who's not a transphobe. You're right. You're yeah, all right. right. <laughs> we're going to gather She's a real feminist. Janina, <laughs> um, uh, somebody said Amazon. So could you please Spotify, indicate what you mean yes. by so, Amazon? Amazon now has a podcast portion in their music section. So you can find us there. You just search Reels Tennis Fans like you would on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify. I mean, we're like pretty much everywhere now, guys. Yeah, people see oh, everywhere. All the time. Everywhere. So y'all, um, it has been a delight. Um, it's always so wonderful when we do live. So I guess we're probably going to have to do a live draw show because I don't know. Y'all are going to have to help us make sense of the mess. Um, <laughs> let's hope that, I mean, the draw, we should probably hold off a little bit because the draw is out and I suspect they're still testing people. for. COVID. Oh, it's already out. Yeah. I think the draw, the draw is supposed to come out now. No. Oh, it's Jesus. Like okay. Nikki Giovanni said that Maya Angelou can't cook Pablo. So I don't know. About <laughs> Okay, okay. But anyway, I, I just want to say one thing. I have to yeah, say with you, US you Open, go. Janina. Say it. <laughs> I just have to say it's interesting that the US Open, when they didn't have, I love the fact that they didn't have crowds and nobody was complaining about who is on which court. Yes, people, they do that stupid shit, right? But anyway, it was lovely to see other players watching tennis. Yes. Yeah. That was so fun. I and like I wish players, though. but I guess for the logistics of it and silly people, they wouldn't get to watch as a fan, but it was interesting to see players actually being a fan of the sport. Yeah. That well, like, you know, we don't that. know. This might be the new face of sports. We wait, might see it from now yeah. on. Wait, can we just say that? I'd love for them to keep the sweet thing. Yeah. So I did hear, I did hear, I heard someone say that they were going to advocate to keep at least one or two for players to be able yeah, to, to in rotate here. in it. Can, can I yep. tell you, they have figured out the best part of, listen, make fun all you want, but one of the best part of Labor Cup is watching other players who understand the game react. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. exactly. <laughs> that is one of the best things there. I and mean, I did it. And, and, they're not, and they're not being they're not being hateful in the commentary. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're, they're just, just loving it. the sport. Yeah. <laughs> because the extra right. commentary that's kind of overplayed now. We need yeah, to get let's let Novak with your with your new players group um advocate for more sweets. But ones that include ladies too. All the ladies. Um the ladies who basically brought in the lion's share of the viewership. The ladies were there too. It they wasn't yeah, I know, but I'm saying for the future. For the oh, future. okay, okay, okay. For the okay. future, don't just advocate for yourself. Bring in the ladies there as well. I will say, I will end it by saying we always knew that women's tennis was going to bring in higher ratings in the United States. We've always known well, this. It's not shocking or new. And I'm going to tell you, to the, to the Nole fan who talked about that um, 
to the Nole fans who talked about the ratings when Nole was in it, guess what? The only outlier was that it was a Nole fed match, which is why the ratings were so high. Because when Nole has been in all the other ones, the ratings weren't high. So get your tables right. We, okay? We've already done those charts. Come back with the better math. Right. Um, but the only people who people want to watch on TV are women's tennis players. Weird. Weird, I know. And the big three. And guess what? The big three are out the door soon. So and have that better in the equation. <laughs> better <laughs> and the other two. <laughs> One of the other two. What it is. You want. And the that other two is actually, no, the the actually Murray. Um, but you know, yeah. so it's you know, it's tricky, tricky. Um, so I know there was some ratings battle, but it's not that surprising. People really right. enjoy watching women's tennis. And people may have died too, people. There's a pandemic going on here. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, I'm playing us out. Okay. <laughs> Say goodnight, Reels. Listening, Tony, everybody, Deb, Yvette, Pablo, Ice Devil, everyone I try to miss some people. Zenobia. Oh. I really like the new person oh. who and gave us, there's a, there's some lovely new folks that I didn't, um, Mount Girl, love That's it. That's Steph That's in the Steph. U.S., you goofball. <laughs> Is that Matt? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, no, I thought you were I thought it was Steph the Canadian. Damn, Steph. Oh no, 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 no. I you had so much shit to say. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Steph is a shit starter. Don't believe the hype. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, ciao. <laughs> ciao, everyone. <laughs>